Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the Airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are prepared for the snowpocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> the Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love, which apparently today is radio voices. <laughs> yeah. That's all the energy I got, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Took your inspiration from Peter Mansbridge yesterday and just, like, I'm done with it. 100%. All right. You mean Peter Personsbridge? <laughs> that was really funny. Couldn't believe he pulled that joke. That was really great. Couldn't believe it. It was a really it. bad dad joke. It 100% was. Which is appropriate, because he's a dad, and, you know, like, he's he's my dad's age, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... It's Friday. A rare Friday afternoon we're Friday short. afternoon. Yeah. It's like 3.15. We're watching home buyer shows and recording. It's great. Um, trashy Friday daytime TV, apparently, instead yeah. of trashy weekend TV. Which is the worst. Um, yeah, it's our teacher's convention. Mm-hmm. So we met up after lunch today, and now we're here. Mm-hmm. Um... And in case anyone doesn't know what Teachers Convention is, which I think people sometimes don't know what it is, which I, I realized later on, um, that's where we get to go and, like, do some, it's two days worth of PD or whatever, sort of, sometimes, and you get to go see some sessions and learn some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I saw Peter Mansbridge. We saw Peter Mansbridge yesterday. And what'd you go to? What else did you see? Uh, I saw some stuff on uh, writing... Uh, saw some stuff on assessment, saw some stuff on travel. It's kind of like a mix of curricular and non, which is nice. Yeah, I have found in my years that it, there's very little that's super useful. Mm-hmm. So I tend to go to like the keynote sessions, and occasionally there might be something... Um, other non like you know that's a curriculum that might be interesting or useful but often there isn't yeah so um i went to see um i went to see uh, a spoken word poet named sarah Kay this morning she's from new york city um and she's a teacher she's not just a poet which is good because mm-hmm. she's got that other background as well it's not just like here let me talk to you about my poetry um, she was talking about teaching poetry and how, like, spoken word poetry, she believes, sort of allows people the opportunity to, like, tell their own story in their own voice. Yeah, that's really nice. Rather than having a format or whatever. And it was really cool because she started off, it felt like she was just telling a story. And then I was noticing the, the cadence of her voice um, was really, really, um, it was very smooth. But it was very, like, you could tell it was very rhythmic. And then slowly it morphed into... A little bit more deliberate rhythm. That's cool. And it was really, really cool. Like obviously very practiced and very polished and whatever, but it was phenomenal. She was really good and it made me cry. So that's cool. There was that. Um, and it's a good chance. To, like I've worked at a whole bunch of different schools, so it's a good chance to like get to see people that I used to work with and yeah, and reconnect and whatever. Actually, spend some time socializing with other adults and just hearing from them and speaking to them and yeah. As I tweeted yesterday, just hearing a lot of swear words all day, and I l- fucking loved it. Just loved it. It is pretty great. And it's always it's always fun with, like, newer teachers to find out if they can, like, spot the elementary teacher in the crowd. Oh, 100%. Because, like, they almost need their own museum exhibit. 
when they're like out in the wild. Like they need warning signs at the very least, because mm-hmm. um, they become a little bit like they got big bags with them. Oh yeah, because they get all of the free shit. Mm-hmm. Like there's a trade show and there's all these booths and they get like pencils and whatever. And I saw some lady ask at some booth yesterday if she could have all of the pencils and the guy was like, no. What? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. It's unusual, I guess. Yeah. But, they, yeah, so you have this... And there's, like, you can get books, and there's, like, 20% off if you join, like, the, the Audrey's Books, um, like, Rewards Club or whatever it is, which is kind of nice. And so I bought a couple books today um, there, because why not? Because I don't go there very often, because mm-hmm. it's quite out of the way for yeah, me. Yeah, it's downtown. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and I bought um, a couple other, like, little things. But it's really interesting. One of the guys that I work with, he has decided that the demographic for the trade show is, like, middle-aged mom mm-hmm. who either doesn't... Who, like, goes between school and home, and that's it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so they... Not only can they get stuff for their classroom and, and resources and stuff, but they can also get, like, you know, compression socks and uh, jewelry and 300 thread count sheets and some Tupperware just in case. In comfortable shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, like I, I get that there's like a, a value for that kind of stuff. I just always find it really interesting, sort of the hodgepodge of vendors that are there. Yeah, because it co- doesn't clearly they come back because it's successful yeah. for them. So, um, but it's just funny because like if you didn't know it was a teacher's thing, I don't know if you'd necessarily know it was a teacher's thing. No, by walking through some some sections, sure you would know because there's like educational resources mm-hmm. and stuff. But if you those are all like on one side and you went in on the other side, I don't know if you'd be able to figure out Mm-mm. who the target audience was. And there's just a pro-life booth. Yeah. Which is really weird. <sighs> For reasons? Like, I'm pro my own life. Mm-hmm. And, like, people that I like and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm not about to get preachy about it. No. Like, I'd prefer not to be killed. I don't see why that is necessary at teacher's convention. No, I, no, I don't. I don't really get it. Um, but yeah, so that's that. It's every year we get, it's two days worth. And so another year next year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice mental rejuvenation break. Mm-hmm. And then we've got three more weeks in spring break, which yes. is kind of nice too. Mm-hmm. The second semester goes by real quick because there's lots of breaks. There's it like does. lots of holidays. More so than in the fall. Um, so yeah. So, so today that's what's happening. So we'll still post this on Sunday. Yeah. Our energy levels are rapidly Yeah, I don't understand what's happened. Even though we just had sugar. Yeah, and we spent (laughs) time, like, talking with not not recording. That's probably the problem. Um, We're also watching on mute um, a show called Mountain Living on HGTV, and we're watching this pretty awful couple try and pick, like, a mountain home. Um, Yeah, it's painful. Yeah, he wants a man cave. She wants, like, mountain and also lake views. Um, I don't understand where these people get their money from. I don't really get it either. Because this isn't going to be their primary home. Maybe it is. What? I don't know. It could be, potentially. Whoa. There's a fountain? Oh, she's going to pick this one. Yeah, it's probably going to be a her alley. She's mm. awful. Um, and because it's on mute, we like don't we don't know for sure what they're saying, so we can only imagine. And her facial expressions are kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, when she really doesn't like things. Like, whatever he's saying right now, she's not happy. No. Um, so, do we have things to talk about this week? I watched a really bad movie. What'd you watch? It's called A Little Chaos. Okay. And it's about 
Louis the Sun King. Okay. And the building of the Versailles Gardens. Oh, fun. Just get ready for this. Louis is played by Alan Rickman. <laughs> His Just, brother, Philippe, is played by Stanley Tucci. I was hoping you were going to say also Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marie Antoinette, also Alan Rickman. <laughs> nope, nope. Um, the woman who is tasked with building one section of the gardens is played by Kate Winslet. Interesting. None of them French. None of them speak French. Yeah. And it was real bad. Like, how bad? Like. Like, I need a, like, what's a comparable? Oh, man. Mm, that's a good question. What's a movie for you that's, like, so boring that you just can't figure out why you should care. Oh, um, I don't know. There's lots of movies like that. But I don't really think about them because I don't watch them. I'm yeah, just like, I'm like that's what it was. Did it you was watch just, the whole thing? I fucking did. Why? It was awful, Megan, because our internet kept glitching so it would freeze for like 15 seconds yeah. every five minutes. Ugh. My husband was on the couch next to me. He's like, why don't you just stop? And I was like, I am a completist. I have to at least finish it and say I finished it. I've invested this much time. So what made you decide that, okay, this is the one I'm going to watch? What seemed interesting is about France during that time and the construction of the gardens. And it was a woman. And I was like, girl power. I like Kate Winslet. Yeah. Like the other dude, even though his wig was so bad, I couldn't stop laughing every time he came on screen. It's like, um, oh, frick, I always forget his name. Matthias Schoen, Schoenarts or something? Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. The Danish guy? Yeah. I was going to say at home, but I'm like, no, that's a hockey player. No. Because I wrote about him yesterday. <laughs> Not him. Not him. But I thought it was going to be interesting, and then it was just, like, so boring. And then you learned that it was... Well, that's... What's it called? A Little Chaos? A Little Chaos. I'm going to put that on my not-see list. And I honestly don't know why the film is called that. Oh. Well, that's frustrating. Yeah. So, like, was there anything good about it? Because, like, (sighs) Kate Winslet is great... And She's Alan Rickman great. is good, and Stanley Tucci is a delight. He was actually the best part, because he plays the brother of, of King Louis, um, who was, like, openly homosexual. He was, like, a fop, essentially. Yes. And he just, like, bursts onto the scene, and he's loud, and he's noisy, and you're like, thank God, Stanley Tucci. <laughs> thank God you're here. But then he had, like, three minutes of screen time, and then he was gone. So that was really depressing. And I think this was Alan Rickman's, like, last screen credit. And and he also directed it. And it was so long. It was very self-indulgent. Hmm. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's actually really unfortunate. I was very bummed. I also watched Mute, Duncan Jones' new movie. Okay. Also disappointing. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So you're just, like, missing... I am. I really want to watch some more Oscar movies, and I might tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's this weekend, isn't it? Yep, Sunday. 
I uh, don't really pay much attention anymore. I like I, to watch. I just know that I'm going to be mad when Dunkirk doesn't win Best Picture, even though it was probably the best made film of all of the Best Picture nominees. Yeah. When it gets all the technical awards and uh, doesn't get the Best Picture nod. That's how it's going to happen. Of course. I did read a thing um, a couple weeks ago saying like how it could potentially win. Because it's a preferential ballot. And yeah, so, you were telling me about that. So if it gets like enough second and third place votes on other ballots, it could potentially... I don't think it will, though. Be the thing. It's so weird how many different genres are big in this year's awards. Because there's like The Shape of Water, which is like sci-fi absurdity. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. And then you've got things like Lady Bird. And it's just like it's a really varied So maybe that's what we can talk about. Because I read something earlier this week about um Oscar movies or yeah, best picture nominees that didn't make the list, didn't make the or things that should have been nominated but didn't. Yeah. Um and I know because I remember you retweeted one of my tweets where I said I was still mad about like 2005, which was the year that Crash won. Mm-hmm. Crash isn't a bad movie. Like it's that's not the best movie. It's not. It's not even the best on that list. I also think Munich was on that list as well, and Munich should have been not on that list. Mm-hmm. It's not bad, but like best film of the year? No. No. Um, not even close. Like not even close. No. Um, and so it was, it was interesting looking at this list. It was on the AV club and they went back through all of the best picture nominees for every year, for like 90 years of the Oscars. And they, they included a film that should have been on the list, but wasn't. Yeah. Um, and for 2000 and I don't remember the one that was, should have been on there for 2005. Um, but for 2008, the one that they said should have been on there was the dark Knight, mm-hmm. And it absolutely a hundred percent should have been. Yeah. I um, remember people really angry about that and then the next year they did the 10 nominees right yes yeah and that was why so i i copied this i I took a screenshot of this little write-up about the dark knight um and this actually (gasps) oh megan they chose the dark wood one oh gross oh of course they have like 10 everything with this family um so the the write-up on the av club about about um, the 2008 ones that should have made it. That was the year that Slumdog won. One, which was fine. But could what it it, could it have been replaced by The Dark Knight and or Wally? Yes. What else was nominated? I don't know. I didn't get that on my screenshot. Oh. I can look it up in just a second. I will. Um, okay. So this is the write-up about, about the 2008 nominees that should have been. When two of the most beloved movies of 2008 failed to score Best Picture nominations, the outrage was so deafening that the Academy expanded the lineup to 10 movies the following year in a transparent attempt to give populist box office smashes a fighting chance. Um, certainly the Oscars should have saved room for the most adventurous of Pixar adventures, Wally. But Christopher Nolan's mythic superhero sequel was the more befuddling oversight. Nothing but pure genre snobbery could account for the exclusion of this intelligent, ambitious zeitgeist phenomenon. A grand exorcism of cultural anxieties in the shape of a slam-bang comic book spectacle, boasting an all-time great villainous performance that smeared its crooked grin onto the collective psyche. That's all one sentence. That's a phenomenal what a sentence. great sentence. Ugh, when I read it, I was just like, oh my god, I want to write like that someday. Um... It's astonishing. It is. And what year so, 2005? 2008. 2008. Okay. Yeah. So 2008. I believe. 
Um, these were the nominees. Slumdog, of course, which one? The C- Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Oh, that movie was fucking terrible. Frost Nixon, <sighs> Milk, and The Reader. Yeah, see, I, yeah, when I looked at that, that makes sense. The Reader was fine. Reader was fine. But I don't Frost think Frost Nixon a- was fine. I don't think The Reader was a great movie. It was an interesting story. I don't think any of these are particularly No, Wally and The Dark Knight are better than all of those movies. Yeah. That's really disappointing. It really is. Was 2005? I forget what they said should be. 2005. These were the nominees. Crash, Broke Rack, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. Okay, so of those five, let's just talk about those five for a second. Yeah. Um, Broke Rack was the best. Absolutely. It was well made. The story was beautiful. It was like, it was super well crafted. Everything that went with it. The performances were astonishing. Yeah, and it was the soundtrack, like, it was, it had everything. The cinematography was gorgeous. Um, Crash was fine. And there's still that moment in Crash when the old man, like, the store, the shopkeeper comes with the gun. Um, to shoot the locksmith Mm -hmm. and his daughter like jumps in front because she's got the cape on that moment in that movie still when if I do watch it it still gets me yeah because it's so so well done it is very powerful it's very powerful um what else is there Capote Capote was fine good night and good luck good night I love good night and good luck and Munich Munich of those five should be the one that wasn't on the list yeah I think um and then Brokeback should have won yes and what did they say should have been nominated I don't know I'm on a different... I'm just on Wikipedia. Or on a different one. Oh, okay. Because I can't remember what it was that they said was, like, overlooked or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I'll it open was... that as well. It was... I, I just thought that Munich should not have even been on the list. Because um, it wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't Best Picture. No, I really don't quality, think it was. I don't think. Like it, and that's... That's the thing that's really frustrating about it, too, is that you have, um, like, industry people... And what they love to do is nominate films about industry. Yes. As much as they can. As much as they can. And sometimes they're just not the best movies. Um, yeah. I don't know. I also, so what is it here? 2005. Oh, yeah. 2005, A History of Violence, as they said, should have been nominated. Of course it should have. Vigo Forever. That movie was great. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Vigo's wonderful. I think, like, the best, like, actual setup of each film being very good is 2004. Actually, 2003 is fucking solid, too. 2004 was Million Dollar Baby, The Aviator, Mm -hmm. Finding Neverland, Ray, and Sideways. Oh, Sideways. That's... That's a solid line. That's pretty solid. And then they say that Eternal Sunshine should have been... Loved Eternal Sunshine. I... Hated every minute of it. Really? I couldn't stand it. Can you tell me what they... Okay, I'm going to tell you 2003. So it was Return of the King, Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, which is one of the most boring movies I've ever watched, Mystic River, which I'm traumatized by, and then Sea Biscuit. What did they say should have been in 2003? Uh, the Sun. The Sun. Yeah, it's uh, French, oh, okay. which is why it didn't get... Or Belgian, so it's why it didn't get nominated, because they probably treated it like Okay, what is film. it in 2002? Because listen to 2002's lineup. Chicago, Gangs of New Ugh, York, yes. The Hours. Ugh. You didn't like The Hours? No. The Pianist. Yeah. And Two Towers. They, uh, they've said 2002, they said a movie called uh, Morvern Caller? I don't know. I've never heard of it before in my life. Oh, weird. It's directed by Lynn Ramsey. Which, of course, is why it didn't get nominated. That's, there's your reason, AV yeah. Club. Um, 
Give me all the money now, please. <laughs> um, the other one that still bothers me, I think, and that will probably forever uh, bother me, is the oversight when Shakespeare in Love won. What year was that? 1998. So the the here's the thing. Here's what sh- here's what was nominated. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare in Love. Mm-hmm. And The Thin Red Line. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's three World War Two movies and two like period Elizabethan pieces. period pieces. Yeah. And of the five movies on that list, the least good is Shakespeare in Love. Absolutely. Um, followed by Elizabeth. It has the most Afflecks in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I always thought that. Then they said that Rushmore should have been nominated. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't like Wes Anderson movies, so I don't agree. But that's okay. Those are, to me, Wes Anderson is like a very acquired taste. Love his movies, and I don't love them. I, I did them. like um, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. That one was delightful. Actually, that one was my least favorite. But I think part of what I liked the mo- what I liked about it was that when I went was with my friend Jill and my friend Amanda, and we were having a conversation beforehand. And my friend Jill is very loud. Yeah. Uh, Amanda is also very loud, and the three were sitting at the theater, like you know where there's like the big walkway in between, and you're like down in the front three rows. We were in the last row of like the front three rows. Okay. And we were talking about something that had happened like the night before. And Jill says, she, like, kind of leans over, because she was on my right and Amanda was on my left. She leans over and she's like, do you ever think people get jealous of how awesome we are? And that we just started to laugh. And this guy behind us, like, walking to his seat, dropped his drink, because he was laughing so hard <gasps> at oh what she had God. said. And so I'm not sure. I've only seen the movie the one time. And so, like, I wonder if my Experience, memory of the yeah. film is colored by that. I think so. Because um, it was, like, such a, such a funny thing. Um, but so they, yeah, they say Rushmore should have been nominated, but like of the five that were nominated, um, I don't understand how Shakespeare in Love. Well, if it's the same voting system, maybe a lot of people were like, yeah, number two. Yeah, maybe. Maybe number three. Um, because. And then the number ones were split. Because like, I would say my personal opinion is that Saving Private Ryan should have won. Because mm-hmm. when you look at it just as like, as a, as a film, as like a technical piece of something to be evaluated, like it's yeah. brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, like, watching it even now, like, just when that old man is in the cemetery and, like, finds the grave and then kneels down and, like, the guy they cast looks like an old version of Matt Damon, which is incredible. And just, and then you, you know, zoom in on his eyes and then, like, they zoom out on the landing craft. Yeah. Like, it's, that whole opening sequence is just astounding. Yeah, but it's got Matt Damon in it. And then Shakespeare in Love has, like, Gwyneth Paltrow. And the Affleck. And the Affleck. <laughs> um, the other one that I was annoyed with, and I don't know about you, because I, I, I read through this whole thing and I was just like, fucking Academy is stupid, um, was 2015. So in 2015, mm-hmm. the nominees were The Big Short, mm-hmm. which I actually really liked. I didn't like that movie. But I, it's hard to make a good movie out of a nonfiction in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I liked it. I like I, I liked the way that they told the story, but was it best? No. Bridge of Spies. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Which was oh, I love so Brooklyn. great. Uh, the Martian. The Revenant. Room. Spotlight. Mm-hmm. And Mad Max Fury Road. And I put that one last because that one should have fucking won. Yeah. Because that is but maybe. But they chose Spotlight because it's important. 
So is fucking Mad Max, because that's what's going to happen someday when we have no water. Jesus. <laughs> but again, I was just annoyed because it won all of the technical awards. Yeah. Um, it won them all, and then they were like, oh, just kidding. Here's... Mm-hmm. Here's uh here's spotlight. I know. So out of the ones for this, and they year, said they said that for that year, Inside Out should have been nominated. Absolutely, and it should have. What they said here was, after a slew of toy, animal, and superhero related movies, Inside Out broke the Pixar mold by focusing on emotions themselves, the feelings vying for control of homesick, hockey loving eleven year old Riley. No parent could keep it together as childhood memory keeper Bing Bong headed for oblivion in the memory dump. No child could fail to appreciate the permission Inside Out gave them to feel sad sometimes. Groundbreakingly empathetic and brilliantly imaginative, Inside Out won Best Animated Feature, but deserved a Best Picture nomination for just the abstract thought room alone. Absolutely. So this year, uh-huh. how many have you seen? There's Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, yeah. Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. I've only seen Dunkirk. I haven't. I don't. This year I've just not really... I've seen Dunkirk, Get Out, Phantom Thread, unfortunately, Three Billboards, and I've read the screenplay for Shape of Water, so I'm counting that. Okay. And I don't know what should win. I really want to see Lady Bird. I'm going to try to watch that tonight because I love Saoirse. She's like... She's very good. She's everything. Um, they say on AV Club that it, the Florida Project should have been nominated. I've heard that too, but also like... Willem Dafoe's scary. He is scary. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, like, you're right, you're, you're right about, like, the genres, right? And how, how many there are. Yeah. In this. Which is good. It's nice that there's, like, a... Um, it's nice that there's some variation. Mm-hmm. Much more so than, like, last year. Although I would say last year. Last the, year there's a musical. Because that was the whole La La Land... Yeah. Moonlight debacle. Drama, sci-fi... A play turned into Okay, I saw Hacksaw Ridge, and it was not good. He, like, I watched it with a friend of mine uh, when it was over at her house one night, and we, we watched it, and, like, it wasn't bad, but I was just, like, I felt nothing for the character. Like, I, there was absolutely nothing yeah. there. I saw Manchester by the Sea, which was depressing as shit. Mm-hmm. It was very well made, but holy God, was it depressing. Um, I've seen Moonlight. I saw La La Land. Uh, I saw Fences, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought... I saw Hidden Figures as well. I didn't see Lion because I read the book and didn't like it, so I didn't bother. The Lion film was was incredible. Like, I cried like four times during the, it. The book, I was just like, I don't want to see this on screen, and so I didn't bother. Oh, really? Um, but of the movie, the ones that I saw, I thought that Hell or High Water was the best. Hell or High Water was incredible. It was so good. I really liked Moonlight, though. I remember going to see that and thinking, like, I've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that one as best picture. Um, and it's, I like, I, and I understand, that, like, film and music and TV and all this, it's all very subjective, and, like, it's up to your own sort of personal tastes. And, mm-hmm. and I get that, but I feel like every once in a while, like, there's something that you don't have to even necessarily like it, and that's the thing, and that's why I don't think that calling it best picture I don't think they, I don't think they generally vote for the best picture. I think it becomes like this is what I liked the most, but that doesn't yeah. mean it's the best picture. Yeah, for sure. It means it, it becomes like the film that people liked more than they liked other stuff. Because mm-hmm. like if you go back into like the mid '90s, that's where things go really off the rails. Um, Do they? Shockingly, the '90s went off the rails. <laughs> um, 
So, like 1997, for example, the nominees were As Good As It Gets, mm-hmm. The Full Monty, mm-hmm. okay. Good Will Hunting, mm-hmm. L.A. Confidential, mm-hmm. and Titanic. Mm-hmm. I liked L.A. Confidential. I liked L.A. Confidential. I liked Good Will Hunting an awful lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, even though it's got two Affleck's. Um, but they're not as annoying. And a Damon. Because I like Matt Damon, and I really like him in that. Um, but that's a good... F- and then they say that Davy Cobb says that Boogie Nights should have been. Boogie Nights totally should have been in no, there. it's great. Instead of as good as it gets. Oh, like, yes. Give me a break. Absolutely. Um, 1999, American Beauty, Cider House Rules, Green Mile, The Insider, The Sixth Sense. They're all good. They're fine. i never heard of The Insider before. Uh, Russell Crowe's in it. It's, that oh, was whenever... That's Russell when they loved Crow. Russell Crowe. Um, but, uh, the one they say they should have been on was being John Malkovich, which was fabulous, 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 fabulous. Um, and you're the gladiator one. How did that even happen? Like over traffic? Traffic was so great. Yeah, traffic should have won. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It is. It's such a strange thing. And the thing that they animate, I guess it's nice now that they have more nominees. Yeah, but there's always, like, that one weird one that stands out. Like, 1990, one of the nominations was Ghost for Best Picture. That... Dances with Wolves won. Ghost was nominated over Edward Scissorhands, because that's what they say should have been nominated in 1990. Edward Scissorhands is... Is amazing! It's a masterpiece. Uh... Uh, 1991 was, I think, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it was. Right? And Beauty and the Beast was nominated that should've year. Should've won. Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. Although, here's what they say should have been nominated, and I would agree with this. Uh, Boys in the Hood. Oh, yeah, shit. And well, then, then that yes. would've won. Then that would've won. But Beauty and the Beast absolutely should've won. Um, but cool that, like, a horror won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's... It's, it's such an interesting thing, and it's at least... I mean... And what I find now that they've opened up the nominations, and maybe you can, maybe, I don't know if you've noticed this too, like, it's nice that they have that opening, because there's a little bit more, there's stuff, there's room for smaller budget stuff, there's room for a little bit more obscure. Yeah, and different genres, and more representation by maybe people that don't get acknowledgement all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have a prediction for what we'll get this picture? Um, based on what I've heard, because again, I've only seen the one, um... Based on what I've heard, it's not going to be three billboards. That's that's what I know. Um, it's pro. It's going to be. I think, from what I can tell, it's going to be either the post because again, of course, of who's involved in it, or it should be Ladybird based on what I've heard. But I think it's going to be Shape of Water. I think it's going to be Call Me by Your Name. Okay, that's what I think it's going to be. Two years in a row, they're gonna fuck it up. No, okay, no. sorry. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's the thing too, right? Like, I wonder if I wonder if there's in the minds of some voters that like, well, we did it last year, so could be, you know. But I think I think the Shape of Water will win. I think it, from what I've heard, that Lady Bird should win. Um, but I think that the Post has like a pretty good chance just because of who's behind it. Who's behind but it, it hasn't won other stuff. No, that no acting noms um, have won for that, even though. Meryl is nominated, but... Um, I've also heard that it's very possible that maybe Christopher Nolan will win Best Director. Oh. Um, which, and it's, that's always interesting to me, too, that, like, so often, Best Director and Best Picture go hand in hand. 
Um, because they As don't. I think they should. I think. Well, I think they should, but I don't think that's always the case. Mm-mm. You know, because sometimes I don't know if it's direction that makes a movie great. That's true. Um, but but when you have a, a director who has a particular style, like a Wes Anderson or Christopher Nolan or something like, it's, it's very distinctive. Yeah. yeah, and you can tell right away. Well, which is why I think that like the shock might be that it's Jordan Peele. For Get Out. Well, I don't know if the Academy is quite ready for that. I'm not sure if they're. Which is a, a shitty thing to think, but I'm not sure that they're quite ready for. Um, I think we might be surprised. I think this is going to be a year of surprises. For I hope sure. so. Wouldn't that be nice? It will be nice. I'm looking forward to it. Um, because, like, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like the the Oscars are, like, almost outdated. Oh, for sure. In so many ways. Um, in the way that, like, they're the films oftentimes that they choose, and not so much for the bigger stuff, but for some of the small. Like, they're very inaccessible because it's shown on, like, four screens, and that's, like, yeah. enough to be considered or whatever. And, you know, so people don't get a chance to see them and experience them. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing. Um... What's your thematic thing before we get to this song list? Oh, I was going to... Well, the song list is going to be sort of... The thing that I started watching this week is a TV show on Netflix called Everything Sucks. Um, And it's set in, like, the mid-90s in this town called Boring, Oregon, which I think is great. (laughs) That's amazing. And so people come to this town to, like, take pictures of the town sign, but not to actually come inside. Because, you know, why would they want to come into this this town? They just go to take their picture. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting. Like, I, I was at, after work one day, and I was killing some time, actually, um, before I had to go somewhere else. And so I was doing a little bit of reading, and I just, like, was like, all right, what's on Netflix? And so I put it on, and the soundtrack is really good, which will lead us very well into this next thing that we're going to talk about. Um, but I started watching it, and it's very much, like, in the vein of Freaks and Geeks. And, okay. And Stranger Things is, like, you know, kids in... These kids, the the three boys that are in are, like, they're freshmen in high school. And they join the AV club. Because mm-hmm. they're super nerdy. Because, mm-hmm. of course, they are. Um, and then they end up getting into, like, a fight with the drama club. And, like, but there's, like, these two people in the drama club. And they're, like, dating. And they're just, like, over dramatic, And they, like, act out scenes from, like, Shakespeare in the cafeteria. Well, they're in the drama club. Yeah, but... Drama kids don't, aren't actually that. Um, like, they're just not. I've been <laughs> teaching long enough in enough schools to know that drama kids aren't actually yeah. like that in front of an entire student body. Um, but then something happens to the sets for the drama production. Like, this, the principal's daughter goes to school and she, like, pulls the fire <gasps> alarm. Classic. Yeah, and wrecks the sets. And so then this boy, who's this one of the AV club boys, has a crush on her, and he, like, takes the fall for it. Uh-huh. And so the drama club kids are, like, after him. And, like, trying to make his life miserable. And now the AV club is fighting with the drama club because of this. So it's very, like... So much melodrama. It's very, like, Glee-esque in that, like, you know, the yeah, yeah, Glee yeah. club and, like, the cheerleaders or but whatever. But no singing. But no singing, no. Um, but the... The and the, the girl like the principal's daughter she's like she thinks she likes girls but she doesn't really know mm. and she's like so she went over she went to this kid, I think his name is Lucas the the kid that is interested in her and they're working on this like AB project together ultimately and she goes to his house and like steals a porno magazine that's like his or his older brother's or whatever but she's to see if she likes see, girls yeah and she's like. She's, like, sitting in her room, and she's looking at it, and she's, like, very clearly ready to, like, masturbate. And then her dad comes in yeah. and sees the magazine, and he's he doesn't realize that she's having these, like, 
these questions about her sexuality. So he's like telling her that it's okay if you know that she shouldn't ha- like think she has to look a certain way in order to impress the boys. And oh, no. so there's this you know, and then people at school um, because in the in the gym locker room, like she ends up um, kind of she ends up kind of staring at this one girl, the drama club girl, um, who's like changing, and so she's just in her bra, and then it comes out in the the school that like it's possible someone rides a dyke on her locker and all this kind of stuff so then then her then lucas like makes this video on like the video announcements set to wonderwall uh, by oasis because it's like set in 1996 so like it's that time um and he like asks her out through this video and she says yes because everyone's like you know after her ultimately and it's i mean it's very typically like high school but the soundtrack it's just, like, mid-90s greatness. Yeah. So there's, like, I mean, yeah, like, Wonderwall, there, but there's, like, like Semisonic and, like, uh, Tonic and, like, all of the... And I'm just, like, this is, like, my junior high experience. Yeah. Represented right here. And there. it's so, so, so good. Oh, nice. Uh, so I've only watched, like, four episodes so far. Um, I'll probably watch some more this weekend. But it was... It's super, super entertaining for the music alone. Yeah, it's, sounds I think good. it's totally worth watching. And the drama. Like, oh yeah, the high school drama. Like I mean and obviously it's fairly predictable how it's going to end, I'm sure. Because yeah. like again, we've seen it enough to know like this is how this always ends. Um but I also discovered in looking for some of the music that was on the show that there's a website called TuneFind and it I don't I don't want to know that say that it's got like every T V show ever, but it's got like lists of tracks that are in television episodes mm-hmm. and so it's got all these tracks that are in um episodes of um everything sucks i didn't bother looking for freaks and geeks but i'm sure everything is there but i did look for the friday night lights and then it was all there and i was just like yes because i've been wanting a list for years and years and years that have a list of all of the songs that are in that show um, and it's got great music. It really, really does. And, like, I have the two volumes of the soundtrack. Yeah. Which are kind of, like, the high points of the music. But, but there's some other like stuff in there the that's really, really good. And mm-hmm. then some of the best stuff didn't never made it onto the soundtracks. Like, the, the song that's playing... Um, the song that's playing in the series finale of Friday Night Lights is called... Oh, I can't remember. I think it's Holy, Holy, Holy by... I can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, and I found it, like, on this anthology, this music anthology. So I downloaded, like, the track. I paid, like, a buck twenty-nine yeah. on iTunes to download the track because I liked it that much. And so and now that I have this list, I'll be interested to see, like, what I do with it. But I'd really like some of that music. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it's so good. Um, and then I started watching Band of Brothers. Yeah. With my grade 12s. So great. Uh, so we watched the first two. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always a surprise, Ross, for me, because David Schwimmer's in it. And the, he's in, like, the first episode and the seventh episode, so he's not in it very much, which is good. But yeah, that was, like, his peak popularity on Friends, too. And it's, like, it's jarring to see him. As a villain. As a villain. I mean, he's a villain on Friends, because he's the worst, but, like... But he's not he's always not, No, and he's not portrayed that way. Whereas this way, he is the antagonist, for sure, yeah. for sure. And, oh, God, it just it makes me laugh when he shows up on camera the first time. I'm like, oh, right. You can't help but laugh at no. him. Like, he's got a face you want to laugh at and then punch. Yes. Repeatedly and hard. Yeah. He's awful. <laughs> repeatedly and hard. Yeah. Other than those soft no, kissy but punches you No, get I'm out. just saying that you could punch, like, it could be a one punch, but you actually just want to keep doing it. 
Oh, I see. That's all. And just, like, progressively getting harder. And I also like the surprise, like, Fassbender and the surprise McAvoy. Oh, there's and, like, so many surprises. There's a surprise Tom Hardy in that. Michael like, Cutlitz is in it, and he was on yeah, Walking Dead. love Michael Cutlitz. He's great. He's so good. Um, and, like, what I know him best now is, is Abraham on The Walking Dead. But, like, he was also in uh, Mighty Ducks 3. No as, way. like, a 30-year-old playing a high school student. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because I watched it, and I was like, wait a second, that's... And it totally was. Um, but yeah, it's, oh god, it's so good. Banner Brothers is so great. Um, so I get my kids to write, you know, for like 15 or so minutes once the episodes are done. Um, and it's, you know, it's just like a thematic question that they could talk about the episode or they could just talk about something else. It doesn't really matter. Um, but it's nice to get them to respond to something. Mm -hmm. And it's so well made. It's really beautiful. I like the credits are super long and I don't even like to fast forward through them because I think it's worth that like emotional build up. Because you, you, you get the interviews yeah, with the guys at the beginning. The oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then you get the credits, and then it goes into the episode. Yeah. And I think that's very worthwhile yeah. to go through that. I have, a, I have a thing for Dick Winners. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Oh, he's the best. He's the most gorgeous redhead. He really is. And he's not a ginger, because he clearly has a soul. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's wonderful. Yeah, no, he's, oh, he's so good. It's so funny, though, how many of these Americans are played by Brits. Yeah. It's amazing. It's great, actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's very, very good. I like him. I like him a lot. Because I remember watching it when it first came out um, and being kind of blown away by it. And then I remember watching The Pacific mm-hmm. when it came out. And I, unpopular opinion, think The Pacific is better than Banner Brothers. Oh, I hard disagree. Um, like, it's made better. Part of it is because it's newer. And so, like, they were able to do some different things. Mm-hmm. But I really, for whatever reason... I felt like it was easier to, like, connect with and empathize with the characters in the Pacific than it was in Band of Brothers. I didn't... I disagree. It felt like what made Band of Brothers so wonderful is that there were so many characters and you could see all their different stories and experiences. Because for some of them, the war was a lot harder Mm -hmm. for them than others. And in the Pacific, they only focus in on three dudes but i think well and i and i think the experience of of war in the pacific was very different though too like the theater itself was very different Mm -hmm. um and i think that's part of why it comes across that way but there was something about the i think it's production itself that i really liked Mm -hmm. and i liked better like i liked the color palette and all of that that goes with it whereas like band of brothers it's fine and i get what they've done when they're in the forest it's three episodes of just yeah black and white darkness really and some gray and Mm -hmm. whatever um but in the second episode there's no the first episode is when they're doing all their training because the second one is like the day um day of days or whatever but the first one when they're like when they get to england and they're doing their like training or whatever and like the old man on his bike is like oh you've got me then like i know it's so cute so funny and when that one soldier like gives the order as, like, the commanding officer. As Dyke, yeah. Yeah, which is just so great because, oh, God. David Schwimmer, he's just... And it's really funny, and part of it, when I'm glad he's not in more of it, because that takes me out of his character. Yeah. Because he reacts very much like Ross does when mm-hmm. he gets flustered. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he's yelling, I can't help but hear Ross yelling, pivot. Like, it's just... Yeah, I, yeah. It's very hard It gets hard very to, shrill. Yeah, it's very hard to separate. Or like, we were on a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very hard to separate those two things. Yeah. But, um... Ron Livingston's great in that. Oh, he's wonderful. It's just I this saw something with him. Piece of shit, alcoholic. Yeah. He's great. 
Colin Hanks is great in that. It's it's got a wonderful cast. It truly does. Um, I, I saw something that Ron Livingston was in. I'm trying to remember who else was in it now. Shit. Um, and I really really liked it. It was about like these two couples, who like ended up cheating on each other, with like someone from the other couple. But like I really, I really liked it. It was very well done. I don't fucking remember what it was called. Hang on. Uh oh, Megan. Oh, that's okay. Okay. That should be fine. Um, oh, stupid computer. At some point in time, it will eventually do the thing. Um, so I have... If anyone could offer me some... Uh, maybe some, like... Uh, tech advice? Tech advice. Uh, my computer keeps trying to download security updates from Windows 10. But it won't let me install the most current version of Windows 10. Um, every time it tries, it, like, times out. So if anyone knows what to do to make it um, not do that, that would be really great. Um, yeah, that would be that would be ideal because every time I turn my computer on at some point in time, it's like, oh, just kidding, we're gonna do this thing. Um, so anyway, every time, pretty much every time, yeah, unless Jeez. I catch it ahead of time. So there might be some audio blips now. Who knows? Who knows? We have no idea what's going on. As long as Chris doesn't text and <laughs> ask for... <laughs> My scene card again. Yeah. We good. I think what I saw... I think the thing that I was thinking of with him was Drinking Buddies, maybe. Yeah, I've seen that. I didn't like that. I did. But I mostly liked it because um, Nick Miller's in it. He is. And he's great in it. I really like Long... Long Riving Stone. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> um... So we have this music thing that we we're going to do. So I got a question last week from a buddy of mine. He wanted to, um, it was sort of, the question originally was, and we alluded to this last week, was what song mm -hmm. best encapsulates the 90s? And then immediately he was like, you're going to need more than one song. Yeah. So my first, without any thematic whatever, um, thinking about it, my first um Response and I'm gonna find it because I don't want to get these wrong. One of them was "Closing Time" by mm -hmm. Semisonic. Um, one of them was. Oh man, there's a lot of things here to go through. Hang on. Oh my god. Yeah, we had we had a big long conversation about it. Oh, one of them was "Closing Time." One of them was "Semi Charmed Life." Uh huh. The third of mine, and the other one was "1979" by the Smashing Pumpkins. Nice. Um, and like really, as like songs that sort of. Or emblematic of the 90s. I think that that works pretty well. Uh-huh. Um, so then we got talking a little bit more. And then he said, I think that list needs some pop and country. Um, and then you need some... Um, yeah, you need some country and more females in the spotlight. And how country was kind of like pop country. And then also like, um, like a pop song of some kind that sort of, you know. So let's let's do this so we have some themes yes and you've got all that stuff so i'll I let do. you read the theme and you can do your, yours for each one and then i'll say mine like okay you, we'll do like one theme at a time one at a time okay so the first one is one hit wonders i chose save tonight by eagle eye oh my god i fucking love that song <laughs> i don't think that is a one hit wonder because i love his entire album so to me like i know he was a one hit wonder but i don't think it's of it that album. way because i the whole but album didn't make it big no it's true that song is so fucking good. Yeah. Um, at our, I feel like you're really going to like my list. At our work Christmas... I think I nailed it. At our work Christmas party, um, there was a piano and a couple of guys brought their guitars and like that was one of the songs that we ended up singing and it was just A plus good. I said Get We Give by the New Radicals. Oh, nice. Because that is like... 
Have you heard the like remake of it? No. On the popular radio, it was like this wasn't a good song. Do you know what our movie music song was the other day? What? Southside by Moby. I don't know that song. With like the Gwen Southside, what? Yeah, no, it's Southside, I think. With and the Gwen Stefani is like doing the lyric. Fuck, it was so good. I was like, I haven't heard this song in probably fifteen years. No way. It was really good. That's cool. Those are both. I'm gonna make a playlist of all of these songs that we've picked because like. This is for me, because I'm a little bit older than you. Just a little bit. Yeah. But this is, like, peak Your like time. musical taste development. And mine's, like, 2001, yeah. 2002. So if, like, and I don't know if you would agree with this, but, like, the stuff that you listen to in, like, late junior high and into high school is, like... It's the jam. That is that is the stuff yes. you will go back to. I got no time for any of this popular music bullshit. Yeah, no. No. Can I also did something that you stopped listening to music once you hit about 33. Most people. Yeah. And I they just kind that. of go back to what they're familiar yeah. with. I could see that. Okay, so. Um, the second category is self promoting pop band. Okay. And of course, I chose the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, and I said NSYNC. Yeah. Because I would. And I say that because I feel like the self promoting pop is like. It's a bit of a, like a slam on what they do, and I like the Backstreet Boys better than NSYNC. I so. love the Backstreet Boys. I've seen them live. I uh, dance my heart out. I saw the Backstreet Boys with New Kids on the Block when I was like, oh, I don't know, 28? Like, it was as an adult. Yeah, I saw them when so, they last came here, yeah. like, when I was 24. So great. So great. So great. Still got it. Uh, yeah. <sighs> when they came, did you go to that concert, like, the when it was both of them? Uh, The Backstreet no. Boys and New Kids? Because no. so we, my, Riva and then my friend Amanda and I, we went to that. And they came out to, like, a... Oddly, like, a, not a, not a, I don't want to call it a remix, but it was definitely, it was an Explosions in the Sky song, this is what they came out to. Okay. But it was like, it was re recorded with like oh. lower guitar. So Weird. they took out the high guitar, and I was like, wait a second, I know that song. And I was like, I'm in, I'm fucking sold for this whole <laughs> concert. And it was so, so, so great. And I think if I remember right, I feel like Matthew Morrison. From mm-hmm. Glee, the guy that played Mr. Schuster was opening on that tour. What? If I remember correctly. Wow. Super great show. Larissa, Reba, correct me if I'm wrong. Larissa, I'm talking to you and you only now. <laughs> I love you. Secondly, who opened for Backstreet Boys when we went? Please tell me. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> um, the third category is Country Can Be Cool. Okay. Of course, I chose that. Don't impress me much by Sister and I. Mine was Man, I Feel Like a Woman. <laughs> there you go. Um, cause yeah, that was when I was in grade 10, so I was like the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I was in grade 10, I'm pretty sure, I want to say it was Man, I Feel Like a Woman was like the song. It might have been that, that don't impress me much. Either way, it doesn't matter. And it was on the radio all the time. Mm-hmm. Like all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, and I loved it. It was a, it was a smash. Yeah. Uh, the next category is Girls or People too, and I chose You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. I was going to pick that, but I figured you probably would, so I went with You Learn by Alanis Morissette. Love it. But my second choice is One of Us by Joan Osborne. Yeah. Which is a great song. It's a great tune. And or Let It Rain by Amanda Marshall. Oh, Amanda Marshall. And or anything sung by the Cranberries, because... We also could have chosen for sure, like, any Annie Lennox. Yeah? Or that Sophie B. Hawkins song. Yeah? Yeah. Or... Donna Lewis. No, um, who am I thinking of? Lisa Loeb. Lisa, oh, Loeb. Loeb. Lisa Loeb, stay. Oh. Loeb. I hope you're happy with this question. This is going to go on for a very long time. Oh. 
Holy yeah, that was um, one of our at our trivia a couple weeks ago. Stay by Lisa Loeb was one of the she's great. the songs, and we knew it like right away. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was yeah, and people were like when she when our, the quiz master like when she said the title afterwards. People were like, oh, who's that? And we were all like, what? But of course, at our table, we're all like mid-30s. And so yeah. it's like right in our wheelhouse. Well, I'm a good chunk younger than you, and I knew that. But I did have a four-year-older sister, so yeah. maybe that's why. That made a difference. Uh, next category is loner rock. Okay. And I wasn't really sure what that meant. Okay. So I chose Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Oh, that's a really good one. Does that fit the category? I, well, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, what did you think, like, Loner Rock? When you, like... I thought, like, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Like, in that kind of... In that kind of vein. I thought even it might even extend into, like, Bush a little mm. bit. And so I went with Glycerine by Bush. Okay. Fair. But I fucking love it. Um, okay. Um, edgy without edge rock. I had a really tough time deciding on this, and I just decided anything Green Day recorded during the nineties. I'm gonna go or with forever. I'm gonna go with "Mistake" by Serial Joe. I don't know what that is. Um, so it's on Big Shiny Tunes four. I just had Big Shiny Tunes one and two. Um, it's on Big Shiny Tunes four, which I got into a big argument on the Twitter one day about which the best one was, and the consensus is not four, and you're all wrong. It's two. Um, two is great, but four is pretty fucking fantastic. <laughs> Um, but if you only ever had two, how do you know? I have like the f- I have like nine of them, and I would say that I would say it's two followed very closely by four. But the, I'll play. I have it. F- I'm, I'm pretty sure I have it on my phone. I'll play it for you afterwards. It's so like they tried so hard to like be mm. edgy, and it's just not. It's just like a kid learning how to play the bass, and it's just like a but it's bad. Oh. Um, and uh, they were also <laughs> one hit wonders. Poor guys. As far as I can tell. Uh, next category is hip hop is for everyone, so of course I chose "Parents Just Don't Understand" by Will Smith. Oh, I pick "California Love" by Tupac. <laughs> like, that's not for everybody. Sure, though. it is. That was like the no, that was like the staple at the junior high dance. Really? Oh yes, yeah, that was like the staple track. Wow. Followed very closely by "Crossroads" by Bone Thugs and Harmony, <laughs> which like, and again, I think that's the age. The age difference is like. Showing a little bit there because yeah, like those two were at every junior high dance and into high school as well. Nice for sure. Sick jams. So good. Uh, a song about the fans. I chose Spice World by Spice Girls. I went back to back. Um, it's a good one. Oh, Spice World. Um, and last category. You may have forgotten about Santana, but Santana hasn't forgotten about you. And I chose Maria Maria. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I haven't listened to that song in a really long time. Um, I said smooth. Mm-hmm. They're off the same album. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. So, I was talking to Jess the other day about this music. And, like, this is just, like, a very... This is, like, a tiny snapshot list. Because I could have probably picked, like, 12 oh, it's hard. songs for it's each hard, one. For sure. Because I was also thinking for The Country Can Be Cool, I was thinking about how popular and ubiquitous achy break your heart was in like that 1992 to 94 period like cadillac ranch cadillac ranch yeah mm-hmm. um oh my god any well faith hills was more 2000s wasn't she yeah leanne rhymes leanne rhymes blue how do i live oh god 
She's got a great voice. Can't fight the moonlight. That was a little bit later. Was it a little bit later? Yeah, it was like 2002. Yeah. I'm going to fact check that. Yeah, it was like 2002. Um, Siri, when was Coyote Ugly released? Coyote Ugly was released June 7th, 2005. God oh. damn it. Thank you, Siri. 2005. Thank you, Siri. Is your Siri Australian? It 100% That's is. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, but, oh god, there's just so much good music. But I'm now that you've said Eagle Eye Cherry, I want to listen to that whole album. Mm-hmm. But Safe Tonight is, like, it's a great song. It is. It's a great track. Mm-hmm. I would also say um, they had more than one single, but for, I think people would remember them. Um, Tonic, a song called If You Could Only See. Oh, yeah, right. I, I yeah. don't know which one it is. Yeah, they've got a couple other ones, but that's definitely their best one. Mm-hmm. Better Than Ezra, Desperately Wanting don't know that oh fuck it's so good um i'm gonna make a playlist of all of these things that i'm thinking about and it'll just be like megan's junior high mix because that's literally what this is um i would also there was another one that i was thinking of for like the one hit wonders um but i can't oh um counting blue cars by dishwalla you're just saying words no these are all putting them together there's i can't remember dishwalla look it up it's a true thing it's a real thing dish (laughs) dishwalla like, word dish and then W-A-L-L-A. I promise it's real. There's also a song, and I don't remember who sings it, unless it's maybe the Primitive Radio Gods, called... This is the most 90s fucking Standing picture. Outside a Broken Phone Booth with a something in my... I can't remember the, the thing. Anyway, there, Megan, there's a song like that, look too. at these horrifically ugly boys. Oh, I know. They're awful. Look at them! They're really bad. That is so gross. They're real bad. Oh, that hair is just ugh. Ooh, boy. Um, that's like, like I would, he has dreads. He gave himself dreads. I would also say that like another. They weren't quite. They weren't a one hit wonder. But Hanson has to fit in there somewhere. Love Hanson. Great, but they have to fit in in somewhere. Yeah, we need a different category though. In here. That's like, preteen pop. Yeah, like super like catchy that. jams. Because mm-hmm. like. Love Mop Hanson. is still a song that I enjoy. Me too. Love Penny and Me. It's a great song. Um, but it's interesting, like, the stuff that I will listen to now, and so much of it is informed by, like, what I liked when I was a kid. Because there's, like, an emotional yeah, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. To it. Absolutely. Um, also, and I don't know, I don't actually know what year it came out, but I would say for country, um, Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson. Is like right up there because that is a great song. Isn't that the one where he's like water skiing in the video? I think so. Chattahoochee. I think that's what it is. Didn't spell it right. Are you shocked? (laughs) Ninety three. Oh, recorded ninety two. Released ninety three. So yeah, it's definitely in that. That's in there. Um, trying to oh, and there's there like there's no Brian Adams. How do we how do we not have any Brian Adams? (gasps) Because we didn't have ballads. Okay, yeah, be- best ballads, just generally, obviously. Is all Brian Adams. All Brian Adams. And Celine Dion. I was going to say, though, for Girls of People do too, Celine Dion. Because I think The Power of Love came out in, like, 19... That, that album but came I out, don't, like... Like, Girls Are People too is more, like, angst and anger. Yeah, Celine's maybe. Celine's not angry. God, she's good, though. She's just... I listen... Just, I have her Greatest Hits album on my, um, on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I made a playlist of my favorite songs off her Greatest Hits album. There's 35 tracks on this, and I'm pretty sure my playlist is 21 of them. 
Um, and I love listening to it. She's wonderful. I listen to it in the car quite often. There was a song, somebody who listens to this, please confirm that I'm not making this up. There was a band, an Edmonton band, which you would not know anything about because you weren't even close to being here yet. <laughs> when did you move from Saskatchewan? Uh, to Red Deer in 99. Yeah, so you probably wouldn't even know these these guys existed. There was a band in the mid-90s in Edmonton called Molly's Reach. I'm Googling them. They're very difficult to find anything about. And they had a song called Poppy Song. And I haven't heard it in, I don't know, almost 20 years. And I would love to hear it again. So if anyone knows... Molly's Reach Poppy Song? Poppy Song. And I'm pretty sure it was all one word. Um... Then they were a local band, and I used to really, really like them. <gasps> it's on YouTube. Is it really? Should we play it right now? Um, yeah. Do we have the rights to Does do it? Do, I feel like <laughs> no one remembers that they exist, so I feel like we might be okay. Okay, let's do this. Because it would really... This, oh, it's so good. Or not. Oh my god, it's like a home video. <laughs> on her face right now while she's watching this video. I ha I'm not looking at it, so I don't know, but it's pretty funny. They look like my dad looked in high school. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Like, I guess that's the point of this video? Maybe. Are we done? Yeah, we can be done. Do you know, I'm just looking through, like, stuff that's on my phone. Do you know who else is not on our list? Hmm. Hootie and the Blowfish. <sighs> I'm, well, it was the categories. We didn't So have... where would they fit? <sighs> or the Gin Blossoms! Riva, if you ever listen to this, you'll know why I think this is funny, because all of their songs sound the same. But they have, like, five pretty solid, like, hits, but they all just sound the same. Oh, I don't know who the Gin Blossoms are. Oh. Um, I'm young. You are, it's true. I'm not that young. The Greatest Hits album came out in 2003, so... Oh! <laughs> haven't been around That should tell you. That should tell you what you need to know. Also, the Google Dolls, I think... Oh, are they in the 2000s, though, maybe? I don't know. No, they started... No, 95, the yeah. Was their first one. I still don't really consider Red Hot Chili Peppers as, like, metal. And they were on a lot of, like, metal lists. Yeah, but they're definitely not metal. I know. Thank um, you to, like funk rock. Yeah, the well, Californication came out in um, 1999. They were like a... But my favorite album there didn't come out until 2002, so it doesn't count. Um, also, Coolio somewhere. Mm-hmm. Coolio would be great. Yeah. Um, do you remember Powderfinger? Australian band called Powderfinger? You, seriously, you're just making up. Words. I'm literally. It's right here. Powderfinger. Powderfinger. They were like really big in Australia. Apparently, they would be super one-hit wonders in North America because I think they only had the one single called "My Happiness." Hmm. I'll play it for you later. Because 
<laughs> like that Molly's Reach song, literally no one's ever looking for it ever again. I'm sure of it. No. Because no one has ever believed me that they existed. The person who posted it on um, YouTube, his name was Papa Needs a Nap. So. <laughs> there you go. It's the age groups that we're looking at. Um. Yeah. So we'll post the categories. We will post, and we would love to hear your input on. Yes, please. Some of this stuff. What about like Matchbox Twenty? We just need categories to fit them in. That's true. So if you guys can help us out, that would be awesome because we would love to have some more of this to talk about. Because there's some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what about like dance music? We don't even have like Fuji's on there. Oh my god. Or like Whitney Houston. Or Mariah? Because the... Okay. Best Christmas album of all time is Mariah Carey. Oh, That's for sure. Hands down. For sure. And that is not a 90s thing. That is just a, a thing. thing. It just is what it is. That that album is phenomenal. Okay. If you have to pick one of the divas, you know, Whitney, Mariah, Celine. Yeah. What do you do? I don't know. What do you do? I think you have to go nationalism. (laughs) But Whitney. Celine has a larger discography, though. She does. And her version of Oh Holy Night is maybe better than Mariah's. Just gonna roll that one out. It's pretty great. (laughs) Also on my phone. Um, Oof. That's tough. Because, like... Celine has that thing with her voice. It's so distinctive. Yeah. I mean, all three of them, they sound very different, but hers is like, it's, I don't know if it's an affect. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just the French. And could, maybe it is. Because it's the thing in the vowels. It's that Quebecois. Yeah. Because, like, Whitney's voice is so good. And it's clear. Yeah. Like, strong. Yeah. And clear. Yeah, and like if there had been no Whitney, we would never have been treated to the national anthem. No, because that is uh, that is the greatest. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I think I'm just gonna just jump off the bridge myself okay. and let all three of them live. Oh, well, How's that? One of them isn't. Well, you know what I mean. I'm well, sorry. R.I.P. Recipes. I'll let all three of their of their careers survive then, because, and then like, where does Nirvana fit in all of that? Because whether you like them or not. See, when you said, like, the song solely that represents it, I would have said Nirvana. Smells Like Teen Spirit? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably... Rather than those other ones. That's probably pretty accurate. Because it was more of, like, a cultural yeah. shift. Well, and that album came out in 1991, so, yeah. like, it... was and then the and then, real hard. Because he died, what, was it... Two, no, 1994. I think it was 1994. So they had kind of just... Going back to Google. ...gotten real big. And then he died. Kurt. And I feel like that has sort of made it... I don't know how I feel about this, like... Yeah, 94. Wow, you're good with the years. Hmm. You don't know how I feel about what? The, like, celebration of him is... Like this hero... Yeah, I don't I know. I think he was very troubled. I think he was, too. I think he was very, very, very gifted. Sad. It's very sad. Yeah, he was very gifted and very yeah. talented. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know how much you would want to emulate him. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, another one that, for me, 
which I've, or for a lot of people probably doesn't do it, is um, Jeff Buckley's cover of Hallelujah mm. is my favorite version of that song. With just the guitar. I love the one that Katie Lang did. Um, and that was, because he died in, I want to say like 1997, maybe. Didn't he drown? Yeah. In Nashville? Possibly? Like in a river. Like why? I don't know. I'm not sure if it was suicide or... Do you know who else could be on this list somewhere? The Wallflowers. Love the Wallflowers. They're, they're Both of their albums are good. Right on the Horse is good, but then their second one, called Red Letter Days, is also very yeah. good. There's too many things to choose from. I had a thing for the lead singer of the Wallflowers. Jacob Dylan. Jacob Dylan. Uh, how yeah. could you not? I know. I was gorgeous. I 100% get it. We don't have Our Lady Peace on there? We don't. Um, my favorite album of all time is not anywhere in any of our discussion, and that's Creature by Moist. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, it's not anywhere near this. No. At all. It should be, but I don't know where it fits. Um, because that's, like, peak. That's, like, grade eight for me. So that's, like, peak music interest. Mm-hmm. Um, this is gonna be really boring for people who don't like the same music that we like, and I don't even care. I'm sure it's a nice departure. nostalgia. Nice departure from the things we usually complain about. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is. So yeah, we'll, we should post our categories. We, we will post our categories. And then we would love to have, um, we'd love to have some input from you guys. Things that you like. Or things that you don't like. That's okay too. Um, was Billy Myers' Kiss the Rain in the 90s? Yeah, it was. Do you know that song? Yeah. That's a great song. Her voice, I always thought, was just spectacular. There's very distinctive voices in the 90s. Like, it really is... Yeah. The character voice yeah. decade. We even think about, like, if you even think about, like, Gavin Rossdale. Mm-hmm. He's got a very distinctive voice. And uh, Rain Maida from Our Lady Peace has a very distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. And... David Usher from Voice has a very distinctive voice, and yeah, like Billy Myers and Amanda Marshall and Joan Osborne. Milanis. They all have. Yeah. Uh, Dolores O'Riordan. Yeah. Had a wonderfully distinctive voice, and they all they all had like their thing. Annie Lennox. And so to hear covers of like '90s music from other artists is super cool because you get you because know, you're used to it in a voice, and sometimes you hear like different things in another voice. They're not always great. No, I don't really like them. Um, one of my favorite covers, though, is by Celine Dion. She did a cover of Alone by Heart. By Heart, I know. Oh, my lord. Megan, this is, like, the fourth time you it talked about it on so the pod. It is so good. <laughs> it's better than the original by, like, leaps and bounds. Trust you. Because of the voice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that there are, there are some very, like, distinctive voices. Collective Soul mm-hmm. is another 90s... It's all very white. It's all very white male right now. It really... There was a lot of it, though. Uh-huh. Like, when you really stop and think about it, there was a ton of it. Um, there was, uh, oh, fuck. What was that band called? Fastball? Is that a thing? Yeah. What was their song called? The Way? Yes. That one, too? Okay. I have an embarrassing story about Chris to tell you about that. Um, I'm here for it. We were driving home from his um, mother's home in St. Albert... And the way by fastball comes on the radio. And this is what you need to know about my husband is incredibly smart. A fascinating, academic, analytical, encyclopedic mind. Okay. However, 
not good with pop culture whatsoever in any sense he's like oh i love this song turns it up and he goes i love hotel california (laughs) and i started crying so hard i cried the whole way from saint albert to where we used to live in westmount yeah and I couldn't stop. It was like snot running down my face. <laughs> Thought I was going to pee myself. Like, couldn't even speak. And he was just looking at me like, what? And then the song finally kept going. And he was like, oh, no, I've done something terribly wrong. That's so funny. Oh, uh, so I always think of that now. But love that song. Oh, that's good. Do you know who else is somewhere needs to find on our list? TLC. Yeah. We We need um, better categories. That's we do. Problem. We need some better categories. Does Connor McDavid only serve as a shill for companies he's sponsored by? Yes. Okay. Instagram? Yeah. Okay. I saw that earlier. <laughs> um, there's also the Freshman. or f- Yeah, Freshman, The Freshman by The Verve Pipe. You, do you know that song? Seriously, these band names are fucking ridiculous. Here, I'll play a little bit of it. If it will. This sounds like Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's not. It's very not. Very oh, much I know this song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know this song. But, like, angsty white boy music, right? Absolutely. We don't even have, like, Bon Jovi on yeah. here. The problem with Bon Jovi, I love, and is which too late eighties. I love Bon Jovi, so there's not really a problem. But their stuff from the nineties is not as good, emblematic of the nineties. Yeah. It's like either, um, it's when they were yeah in the late eighties because I think I want to say New Jersey came out in like nineteen eighty eight, maybe eighty seven, eighty eight, somewhere in there. Mm. Um, their greatest hits album, Crossroad, came out in nineteen ninety four, and that is the second CD I ever bought. The first one was Brian Adams Waking Up the Neighbors. <laughs> Brian Adams, so good. Um, so good. That album is great. Mm-hmm. But the song Always, the Bon Jovi song Always, was never released on any of their other albums, just on that Greatest Hits album. Mm. So I will say that one of theirs, because is it's the like, well, f- and from the 90s, for sure, for sure. Um, but yes, it's, uh, they're, yeah, they're late 80s or like later, because they did a bunch of stuff after in like, that, yeah, yeah, after that time. Whereas their stuff in the mid 90s, not. Not great. Um, I think we need to move on to questions because we're starting to bore people. Do we have... Did you get any text questions? From anybody? No, any, I didn't. Oh, did we have some on our... Um, some on our Twitter account? I don't think I did. I wonder if we threw people off because we were not recording Sunday. Possibly. Because um, I asked for them yesterday, I believe. Yeah. Oh, Amanda sent us a bunch. Um, Mike wants to know our Oscar predictions. Well, we talked about that. Um, but you think there's going to be a surprise? I think there's going to be surprises across the board. Because okay. the best actor, we don't have James Franco, and he was cleaning up elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So that one's going to be a surprise. I'm probably going to go with uh, Timothy, the, the boy from mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name. Okay. Um, actress, I'm going to say Meryl Streep. Safe bet. Yeah, probably. That's probably pretty fair. Mm-hmm. 
I honestly not paying attention. The only thing I know is that Dunkirk's going to win technical awards. For sure. Because it should. Because mm-hmm. it's technically brilliant. Um, Amanda wants to know, what is your dream vacation? Whew. I'd love to go to the Maldives. Oh. Why there? Because I think it's so different than where we live now. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's like the farthest thing away from us, <laughs> possibly. Um, I don't... Uh... And it's just so exotic. Yeah. I think it's the most exotic of exotic. Because you, you could say Antarctica, but is it really that different from here? <laughs> not at this time of year, no. no. Not really. Um, I've I... seen snow and ice before. I've seen penguins at the zoo. But have you seen penguins not behind glass? They're big. And kind of scary. Yeah. Birds are kind of scary. There was a table at Teacher's Convention that had an owl in, like, the trade show. And I thought oh, it was, yeah. like, a stuffed I owl. But no, someone. it was a live owl. And <gasps> I was like, absolutely fucking no. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't. My friend did have a freak out over all the puppets. Uh, puppets are weird. I don't like them. Puppets are weird. But that's elementary for you. Dream vacation, huh? I don't know. I don't really know. I don't really think about those things. I think going to Zanzibar would be really cool. That'd be kind of neat. I think I'd like to go to, like, the Canary Islands. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Mallorca or somewhere. And just kind of, like, you know, but I want to go somewhere and just like, kind of stay somewhere for, like, three or four weeks and just sort of, like, yeah, you know, be there for a while. Yeah. Um, For me, honestly, though, if it's something that's, like, sunny-ish... And I can like I could like do some writing and maybe take some pictures. I wouldn't particularly care where. Go to the go to Easter Island. It's <sighs> pretty far. <laughs> if I'm gonna like honestly, if that's all I'm gonna know, I that seems like a long way to go. <laughs> really and truly. Um, um Tom has a question that I fundamentally disagree with. Um he says, What is the best Marvel Netflix show and why is it Jessica Jones? And the answer is it's the Punisher. I really liked, uh, what's his name? David Tennant? No. That was him though, right? Yeah. He says like, oh, Christmas. I don't know. I can't remember. Luke Cage. Oh yeah. Luke Cage was great. Marshall Ali was wonderful Mm -hmm. in that show. Loved it. Yeah. I didn't watch all of it. Because I just kind of got bored and didn't carry on. But I really like Punisher. Because I really like John Bernthal. Mm. He plays a great... You do. ...anti-hero. Because he's not really a villain. As the Punisher. I don't know. Like, he's not... Well, the character's not set up to be a villain mm. as the Punisher. But he's definitely an anti-hero. He's not... Okay. On that vein. Yeah. Can we talk about Venom? Sure. What do you think? It, it's... Is That's the Tom Hardy, right? Yeah. Well, I will watch anything that Tom Hardy does, so I'll, I'll go see it for sure. They really fucking fucked up when they had Venom in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, they did. Because Venom should have been the villain yeah. in Spider-Man 3, but instead it was mostly Sandman. Which, nothing against Thomas Hayden Church, but he wasn't... It didn't work. That imp- no, it was too much. So there needed to be Venom in another Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Or... I guess a Venom movie. But also, there doesn't need it at all. No. We don't need a Venom movie. No, but I think if we you're gonna... We need a Black Widow movie. But I think if you're gonna pick... I guess if you're gonna pick a villain from the Spider-Man universe... Yeah. Venom makes the most sense. You don't want to learn more about Doc Ock, man? Nope. Sure don't. <laughs> I know pretty much everything I need to know. 
Uh, he's awful. <laughs> and that's about it. Um, yeah, that's an interesting choice to make the Venom movie. So, like, are they framing it? Is it, like, is it within the MCU? With No idea. Because that, if it is, then that makes sense to me. Because then he will presumably show up? He'll be a foil of some kind for the new Spider-Man that we know. Right? Right. Which would make sense. Yes. But if he doesn't show up, then does that mean there's going to be, like, another fucking Spider-Man? Like another reboot of reboot? Outside of the MCU Spider-Man? I really hope not. But I feel like that's probably where it's going to be. There's too many Spider-Men. Um... We were talking today before um, I met up with Kelsey. I was talking with some people from work about Black Panther mm-hmm. and whether or not we'd seen it. There was four of us sitting at the table, and three of us have seen it. And one said he doesn't watch comic book movies anymore because it's kind of like comic booked out. And I said, "Oh, this doesn't feel like a comic book movie it's because not a it, superhero movie. No, it doesn't have it's those not. high stakes. You know, world is ending. We must do something to save. Nope. It's very, very good. So I don't know if we convinced him or not, but he should." Go watch it. So, Tom, sorry, but Jessica Jones is not the best Marvel Netflix show. Oh, I was like, I totally forget But Tom's thank you question. for the question. Welcome back. Welcome we back. We missed you. Timothy Jimothy. Timothy Jimothy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw something about TJ Oshie on, uh, the, on TV the other day, and I just wanted to be like, Timothy Jimothy is on my TV, but I just, I couldn't get it. It's the best. It makes, I think about it probably once a week, and it still makes me laugh. Did I tell you that his name isn't, like, TJ? It's, like, I think, I feel like it's, like, Tim or whatever it is, but it, he's, like, Junior, but he goes by TJ. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, his middle initial. Yeah, his middle initial isn't, not like, J. J. Which kind of makes it better somehow. It's still ridiculous. Timothy Jimothy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Timothy Jimothy. Amanda sent in quite a few questions. She would like to know, would you rather be extremely hot or extremely cold? Always extremely cold because you can warm up. It's yeah. easier to warm up, I it's think. It's easier to warm up than it is to cool down. Um, we would know from this, like, Arctic prison that we're living in. I wonder prison. if the snow has started. I don't know yet. I can't see out the window no, yet. on purpose. Um, I don't want to know what's happening outside. Um, FMK. Seattle expansion, Quebec expansion, or Coyote's relocation? Ooh... Okay, here's a question. Here's... Controversial. Go right ahead. Well, I want I want to point a clarification on this. Yes. If we're killing the thing, mm-hmm. does that mean it won't ever happen? Correct. So we can't kill the coyotes relocation because that fucking team needs to move. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. This is what I'm saying. Okay. Kill Quebec. And then it can't happen. Yes. Okay. That is controversial. I know. I'm very sorry. But for the other options. Yeah. I think marry Seattle. Yeah. And you fuck the coyotes. And you fuck the relocation. Yeah, okay. Just fuck them over real good. <laughs> there you go. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that maybe is the only way to go. I think that's the only way to go. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, okay, this is uh, a topic near and dear to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hall should win the heart trophy. Discuss. He absolutely should. Um, what does the most valuable player mean to you? Um, well, they're blonde, they've got blue eyes, they've got cheekbones that can cut ice. <laughs> they're good Canadian boys. Uh, so, until you said that, I thought you might be also talking about Miles Wood. So let's talk a little bit, bit, a bit about Taylor Hall, because we haven't talked about any sports yet. We haven't. So, last night, as of the recording of this, so this will be old news by the time you hear this on Sunday, but last night, um... 
Taylor Hall scored a goal, mm-hmm. power play goal, mm-hmm. and it's the 69th point of the year. Nice! <laughs> and uh, that's his 23rd consecutive game with a point. Yeah. And um, all of that is really great. It's really good. And he's crushing the rest of the team for stats. He really is. Like, Kyle is, what, number two? And he's, like, way behind. Yeah. I don't even know how many points he has. 30? 40? Yes, I can look it up, actually. You can look it up? I'll look it up right now. Like, I'm going to guess 40. Okay. Because what? Yeah. So, yeah. Because they usually like, piggyback on each other. Either yeah. Taylor scores or Kyle does, and they are they're right. assisting for each other. Um, But guess who also got two points? Pat Maroon. Oh, yeah. Br- newest devil, Pat Maroon. Newest devil, Pat Maroon. Which we haven't had a chance to talk about yet because that happened after we after recorded. After we recorded, yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Sure. Uh, yeah, Kyle Palmer has 30 points, but he also missed. He's only played 45 games. He missed a lot of games, yeah. Um, I think he sure might be second. But missed 45 games still has 30 points? No, he's only played 45 games. Oh, out of that's still 60, pretty dang good. Five. Yeah. How many, how many uh, games has uh, our friend Milan Lucic played in it? 64. Mm-hmm. How many points is he have? 31. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I've been doing some math um, every game day. Oilers game day, Devils game day, doesn't really matter. It's best when they play on the same days, and then I only have to do it which once. Which they have been, and it's driving me crazy. Um, but I only have to do the math once, which is helpful for me. Um, and I'm just calculating points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, as of today, and the Devils play, they start in like 20 minutes. <gasps> they do? Um, oh, yeah. shit, it's Friday. You're right. <laughs> um, as of right now, they play... Um, Taylor Hall has been scoring at a 1.17 points per game pace. You think that's good or something? And Milan Lucic, who, like, I know the Oilers traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, but they traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson so they could sign Milan Lucic, so really... It was Taylor Hall for Milan Lucic, and Adam Larson is, like, the casualty in all of that. Yes. Um, Milan Lucic has been scoring at a .48, I believe, points per game pace. I'm mm-hmm. going to just double check. Yeah, .484. Um, their cap hits are identical at $6 million U.S. dollars a year. Not great. But their real salary is not identical because Milan Lucic this year is making $8 million Why? to play the game of hockey. Why? And Taylor Hall. Why? Who's like right now, I'm pretty sure in the conversation um, for MVP because if they do make the playoffs, it's very clear that he is the most valuable player to his team, um, is only making $6 million. Huh. So imagine that. Imagine that. Um, and what's been really interesting, and I don't know if you've been paying any attention to it. Um, oh, if it's Taylor Hall, I have. But what I've been finding really interesting is the the discussions now in like Edmonton media, which we've discussed before how much we hate it for the most part, um, about how the Oilers have all of a sudden lost the Taylor Hall for Adam Larson trade when last year the people said that they had won it, and I was like, that's not how it works. No. You either win it or you lose it. There's no. Like, I'm, I feel like the Buffalo Sabres in 1999 would really want to have, like, the option of calling it a win when they actually lost the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Those poor guys. Oh, my God. Um, which I still refuse to believe that anything in the NHL is fair and just after that. But anyways, someday I'll get over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in case those of you that are wondering if I'll ever get over the Taylor Hall trade, no. that was 1999. 
and I'm still mad that the Buffalo Sabres didn't win the Stanley Cup. So <laughs> it was 19 years ago. Yeah, because Brett Hull's fucking foot was in the crease, and that was the year of like all of they would blow every time your foot was in the crease. It didn't matter if it affected the play or not; they would blow the whistle mm-hmm. because your foot was in the crease. Yeah, but we know that rules are only. I know, but it was the Stanley Cup final, and they didn't blow it down. Doesn't and matter. fucking Brett Hull won the fucking Stanley Cup, and so did Mike Medano, and I hated everything. I was Doesn't so mad. Matter. Anyway, in case you're wondering when I'll ever get over it, the answer is never. <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever. Like we're only on 18 months or 19 months since the Taylor Hall trade. That's it. Maybe 20, 20, 20, because end of February, beginning of March. Yeah, so 20 months since the Taylor Hall trade. We have Megan. I've aged a decade. We since have then. 17 years and four months until it equals my rage over um, the Buffalo Sabers. But Megan, we're not raging. He's no, free. It's true. He's happy. He's flourishing. He really is. And he's flourishing while his replacement is not. And I, for me, because I'm kind of a dick, um, have emphasis on the kind of, I don't know, um, because I feel the way that I do, I'm really enjoying that he's flourishing. It is really funny, though, to see the heel turn of Edmonton media be like, oh, things are bad and changes need to be made. Is it Milan Lucic? I'm like, David Daples, go shove a shoe up your butt. <laughs> but at the same time, stick to sports. Keep your bad opinions away from things that actually affect people's lives and yeah. just stick to sports. That'd be super. Um, so, yeah, so the Oilers are not going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I did my pregame post yesterday and I did the math, and it was still possible for them to hit 95 points as of yesterday if they won 17 games. <laughs> and I realize the looks that I give you on this podcast are just I realize um there are 17 games no that's why they had to win all 19 and so they can't hit 95 points now um because they lost last night and it was funny because they got up they got up to nothing and I was like they're gonna lose this game and then it was 2-1 and then it was 2-2 and that was the end and I was just like man it must really suck for people who are super super into it Invested in it. I was very happy that Yessi's still getting goals. Yeah. He's, I think he's trying very hard. He's my young son. He's pretty And I'm very proud of him. How did Ethan Mayer play? Um, not great. Oh. He was, it's unfortunate, sorry. It's unfortunate that he wasn't, um, as good as maybe he could have been. But I think that there's just a big difference, a big adjustment from coming from junior to the NHL. Okay. And there was a couple times he caught, got caught a little bit flat-footed, and there was a couple times he got caught out of position. Uh, and one time, I saw people on Twitter like, trying to blame a goal on him, and I was like, yeah, he was only left alone in front of the net because everybody else blew their coverage. So, yeah. not really his fault. He was basically left to cover three guys. And you pick wrong, what do you do? Right? Yeah. So, um, but there was a drum circle at Roger's place. Very cool. On the Alex Janvier mosaic. Yeah, which I thought was really neat. That's lovely. Before the game. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, so... Nice. That was a nice thing. That's very Um, Amanda's last question. This is good. Name five things that start with the letter A that you really like or enjoy. Oh, God. Oh, my God, Megan. I like apples, like, an awful lot. There's one word that is coming into my brain, and only one word. Uh Uh-oh. I'm so angry about it. I I feel like it's going to be avocado. It's anus. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say I like apples. I was going to say that I like the movie Atonement. 
Um, because clearly you're not going to be any help on this. One. <laughs> uh, oh, I feel so crying. <laughs> oh, dude, we don't even have like a joke, a question from Mike today to make you cry. I, well, Amanda did. <laughs> I only have two. Th- I I looked at this question already. I knew this was coming. I still only have I two things. I also like apples. <sighs> I like. <laughs> <laughs> it's all anus uh, in my brain. <laughs> oh my god. That's really funny. Oh my god. Sorry, Amanda. You killed us. <laughs> Kelsey's, Kelsey's dead. <laughs> I'm so ashamed. <laughs> what else starts with A? That... I like Australia. Okay. I'm going there. <laughs> There you go. That's good. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, things that start with A. We love our friend Amanda. We do love our friend Amanda. Um. <laughs> She's literally looking around my house right now to see if she can find something <laughs> that starts with the letter A so she can get herself out of this mess. <laughs> oh man, that's oh, really funny. I like the idea of an afternoon. <laughs> Oh man. Um, um I don't Amanda, I don't know. This is this should not be a hard question. And um I need a fifth one. Yeah. Um, Andrew Garfield. There we go. Okay. I was gonna say not Affleck. Um, okay. That's really funny. Oh that, that boy. Happened. I don't even have five things. I yeah. I, like I tried apples. so hard, Megan. <laughs> really, really, really did. Um, yeah. Um, okay, here. Okay, so like apples. I like the book Atonement. Yeah. I like autofocus on my camera lenses sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not always, but I do really like being able to use it and then turn the autofocus off once it's focused. I like. What else do I like? God, why couldn't you have said B? Because I could just said books. Because there's like thousands of them here. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I got nothing else. I'm actually googling. Do I like ambrosia like... salad with the marshmallows and the orange pieces. That's one of my favorite things. Okay, this is a this is a list. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Just say yes or no, okay? Okay. Aardvark. Sure. Ace. No. Acorn. Yes. Acrobat. No. Air. Yes. Airplane. Yes. Album. Yes. Alligator. No. Anchor. No. Animals. Yes. Ankle. <laughs> no. Anteater. No. Ant. No. Angel. Yes. <laughs> Ape. Yes. Apron. Sure. Arc. No. Arm. No. Armadillo. No. Arrow. <laughs> yes. Artist. <laughs> sure. Astronaut. Yes. Athlete. Yes. Autograph. Yes. Automobile. Yes. Avocado. No. Axe. Hard no. Axe. Yes. Anus. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I call you an asshole right now, it's a little on the <laughs> Oh 
Um, oh have a, a question from Matt. He wants to know why are people stupid? Well, you've been listening to this. <laughs> I feel like what he's getting at is that it has to do with um the people with like the heel turn on the Oilers. Okay. And why are people like so dumb? willfully stupid? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, here's here's something that he said on his Twitter. I'll, I'll read this out while you're thinking of this. Okay. So, there's uh, a couple things here. He says, we've bled assets for... No, there's more than that. Um, so, Wayne Gretzky was on Bob Stoffer, talking to Bob Stoffer today. Mm-hmm. I don't know there's now. And Wayne said, obviously it's not the year we wanted to have as an organization. It's disappointing. Nobody saw this coming, but we need to pick ourselves up off the ground here and be better next year. Okay, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Best hockey player ever. But let me tell you how a lot of people saw it coming. So this is what Matt has to say. Yeah. He says, in all caps, how did nobody see this coming? How is that not in itself a damning indictment of the idiocy in the Oilers front office? No, you stop yelling. Um, and then he talk, yells a little less. He says, we've bled assets for three summers and got exceedingly lucky last year across a number of fronts. Our roster is easily worse this year, and yet nobody could have predicted this. Mm-hmm. Legit, if you combed Oilers Twitter all summer and paid attention to the people who fucking paid attention, their consensus was this might be the most likely outcome. A lottery finish. A lot of people saw this coming. Like, a very lot. And his last one is, that an Oilers executive is fucking on record saying, to be honest with you, Diane, I'm surprised, is, like, so fucking infuriating, I can't believe anyone cheers for this team. Fuck the Oilers. Yeah, and I think there's this thing... I've been talking to my kids about it, about other issues, but I think there's this thing where rather than people have to deal with tough emotions or like difficult knowledge or hard truths because it's too difficult it's too hard to process that they'll allow themselves to believe and create alternative alternative narratives yeah and I think it's easy for people in this case to be like oh well I never I didn't really think that it was Charlie was a good hire Mm -hmm. or I never thought that this is whatever like whatever the thing is I don't know um and I think you're probably right that there's like a no, people don't like to admit that they're wrong. No, generally speaking. Um, but what's really interesting, and I, for me, I always find this—I find this fascinating. Matt Henderson is a very polarizing figure out there in the Oilers Twitter world. Did you know that? Oh, I did <laughs> not people, know that. People really hate wow. him. Um, but he's made a comment, and I kind of agree with him on this: is that like all of these things that we are or have been right about. Mm-hmm. It's not like we fucking wanted to be right about it. Like, no. that's the whole thing. No, absolutely not. It's not like when, at the beginning of the year, in September, when I did my hockey draft with people that I used to work with at another school, um, I mentioned to the guy who runs the the thing, we put, like, a little $10 bet on, on things, and I said, I bet the Oilers don't make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I bet you'll finish second in their division. I was like, good. Easy 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win that bet. I'm never going to collect, because he's never going to admit that he was wrong, and that's fine. But, and I only said, and he wanted to know why I thought that, and I said, because... They traded away Jordan Eberle mm-hmm. for Ryan Strom, who, right now, they it's found fine. a role for him, and he's playing fine. But it's not the same. It's not the same. And the reason it's not the same is because their other stuff on the wings is not helping. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been out, and, like, Lucic hasn't scored. He had, uh, for a while there, I will admit this freely, I was like, oh shit, maybe my math is going to backfire on me one of these days. Because after 36 games, Lucic had 26 points. Mm-hmm. 
and that's good for like 0.72 or something like that. And I was like, I could see and Taylor something. Taylor was hurt for a bit, and he was hurt, and I could see something happening where it was where Hall might regress a little bit and you know come down under that one mm-hmm. threshold. And Lucic, if he kept scoring, I was like, shit, they're gonna end up really close. Mm-hmm. After those first 36 games, the others have I think played 64 or five. Something like it doesn't that. matter. It's almost 20 games since, or almost 30 games since, rather. Lucic has five points. Mm-hmm. And so that's where now we're at that point. And so when I was explaining to this guy, like, why I thought the others weren't going to be very good, I said they're going to have to get lucky. They're going to have to get lucky in goal again because they didn't solve their backup goaltender problem. Nope. But it wasn't a problem last year because Cam Talbot was healthy and played nine million games. Lights out, yeah. Um, so there's all of these things that have gone on last year that I feel like the organization maybe didn't acknowledge the luck inherent in some of those things. And so now to see people doing that heel turn has been um, kind of amusing. But at the same time, I don't really enjoy that I'm right about it. No. Because I would really prefer for the others to be better. Yeah, for sure. And I would prefer for the team to not suck and not be so frustrating. Um, But here we are. Here we are. Um, I have a question for you. Sure. I heard it on Puck Soup this morning, but then I stopped listening. Because I ran into someone at work and then, or someone from work, and we went for breakfast. Did you hear the FMK? This That's started? the one that I <laughs> wanted to ask you, but I don't. Did I get it? It's what's the third one? Sagan's abs. Right. Okay. So Taylor Hall's lips, Nico Heischer's eyebrows, or Tyler Sagan's abs. It's a good FMK. You're gonna kill Nico's eyebrows. Yes, a hundred percent. You're gonna fuck the lips. You're gonna marry the abs. <laughs> So matter of fact, what if we replace Tyler Sagan with Miles Wood? But that you can't say whole Miles Wood. Well, Miles Wood's abs. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> still the same. Okay, it's still the same. Okay, right is on. that what you think? I think so too. I just wanted to know what you were because no, I would agree with you one hundred percent. But okay. it was funny because when I was listening to it this morning, I was like, I need to know. I know I paused and I was like, I can't listen anymore because this is something we make it up to talk about today. <laughs> That's literally where I stopped listening because I ran into someone from work and I was, and then it was like, you want to go get some breakfast? And I was like, sure, and I like pulled my headphones out and that was the end. Yeah, and that was like the last thing that I heard. Yeah, me too. Look at us. I know. <laughs> Our brain share. Holy shit. Um, I don't think we have any more questions. I didn't get any other text questions or whatever. Um, and you didn't get anything either? No. Nope. No, I think that's it. This is a long one, as always. Yeah, it's still an hour and 42 minutes long. <laughs> Sorry? I don't know. Um. Oh, it's a lot of nonsense. Please don't call this the one with the anus. <laughs> I'd 100% forgotten, but, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the one with all the assholes. No, um, we've already have that one. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, that's all we have. So uh, thanks for listening. You can find our stuff on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or SoundCloud. SoundCloud. I'm on Twitter, garbagefirepod. <laughs> Meg is on Twitter at edwing14. You yeah. can email us at garbagefirepodcast at gmail dot com, and we have a website garbagefirepodcast.com where you can request stickers and magnets. Yeah, and let, but let us know if you want stickers. Or magnets. Or, or magnets. Both. Or both. We can do all of that. Doesn't matter to us. Uh, we also have a, a PayPal. If you <laughs> want to listen to more of Kelsey talking about anuses, I guess. With better sound quality. Um, if you feel that that discussion <laughs> would have been improved 
<laughs> by a better microphone. Uh, or you could hear the tears hitting my cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, if that's the thing you'd be interested in, you could do that. If not, that's cool, too. Um, we, at some point in the near-ish future, we'll probably have some more stuff on Teespring with some different designs. Yes. Um, we don't really know when. We're, whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. Sorry about last week's, like, um... Tech Blitz. disaster. So I fixed it on Monday night. Monday night, did I fix it? Yeah, and posted it Tuesday. I think. Yes. I was up until like two o'clock. I know, you worked way too hard on our well, stupid podcast. <laughs> but like, and I, I apologize for like the couple bits of out of order stuff that ended up at the end of that episode, but I definitely fucked up. And there's like, like one little six second snippet that like repeated. But you had to do it in six second snippets and that's insane. Um... Anyway, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be once I figured out what to do. It just took a lot of time. Um, I've definitely seen this episode of this show before. That is the ugliest chair I've It's ever awful, seen. but he also likes to have all his furniture covered in plastic because he doesn't want anything to get wrecked because he's a crazy person. And I'm like, dude, you're on the Jersey Shore. Anyway. Um, huh. Anyway, so I apologize for the last week's tech uh, blips and I learned some things to do to maybe like not let that happen again. Okay. Um, which is good. And I also learned like a really easy way to merge tracks if you have more than if you have multiple tracks in Audacity. Which is make my will make my life a whole lot easier. Because we usually have a number of tracks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So sorry about the sorry about the blips. Uh hopefully this one will be better. Uh we don't actually listen to it before um we post, we post it. it no. We just assume. Just after, like narcissists. Yeah. Um, multiple times. Yeah. Except for the one where we recorded the song, I still haven't listened to the song. Again. Love that one. Anyway, um, if you have anything you want us to talk about, let us know. Ask us questions or, you know, topics or whatever. Or if you don't want us to do this anymore, let us know. No, we won't listen, but... Screw you. (laughs) This is the one thing I look forward to each week. It's a pretty good way to spend a couple hours. It is. Um, so yeah, that's all we have. Thanks again so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster!